celebrate Good Friday. Amen. And we know and understand how good this Friday is because why? We serve a good God. Anybody know we serve a good God? Come on, he's good every year, every month, every week, every day, every hour, every minute, every second, every microsecond. God is, God is, come on, say God is good. Turn your Bibles this morning to John chapter 12, verse 23. John chapter 12, verse 23. If I was going to put a title on this message, I'd put a title saying, The Seed Was Made Flesh. John chapter 12, verse 23, where Jesus is speaking about his death, burial, and resurrection. And it says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Notice Jesus compares himself as a grain of wheat that is sown into the ground. Well, what is a grain of wheat? A grain of wheat is seed. To your neighbor, it's seed. And seed has to be sown in order to bring forth fruit. So Jesus is describing himself as what? As a seed. Somebody say seed. seed. Well, look at Luke 8, 4. Look what Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 8, verse 4. And it says, and when much people were gathered together in Luke 8, 4, I'll give you time to get there. For those of you who are still, amen, doing the correct way and conventional way of the B-I-B-L-E with the turning up pages, but you should always have a Bible. I don't care how much computer technology you have, you should still have your B-I-B-L-E. Amen? Because there's some things you just can't get in your computer and your iPad and your telephone that you can get on your Bible. Amen? You can't get the little footnotes. You can't, get, you can't write in your, in your, on your iPad. Come on. Sometimes you want to make notes in your Bible. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. You can't get that on your telephone. <laughs> Hallelujah. You should always have it. Don't throw away your Bible. Your Bible with the pages. Paper pages? Okay, all right. Amen. Teenagers, there, there's such thing as a paper page Bible. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 says, And when much people were gathered together and were come, unto, come to him out of every city, he spake a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell in the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundred. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has an ear to what? Hear, let him hear. And the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he says, Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parable, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may, might not understand. But let's stop right here because he says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. See, God doesn't want you in the dark about anything. 
He always wants to give us understanding of what took place and why. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he tells us in verse 11, so now the parable is this. He says the what? The seed is the what? The word of God. So he's telling us the word of God is what? The word of God is what? The word of God, come on, don't take a rocket science, come on. The word of God is seed. Well, what does John 1, 1 tell us? Turn there. The word of God is what? Seed. John 1, 1. What's it say here? Hold on, we got the people that are still doing the convention away. Call, slow down, slow down. You know, people are still turning pages. <laughs> hey, man, they got a slow finger today, but they'd be all right. <laughs> Amen. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God. And the Word was? And the Word was? God. I'll drop down to verse 14 because it says, and the Word was made flesh and did what? Dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. What was God trying to explain to us? He's, he's demonstrating to us how powerful his word is. Tell your neighbor, his word is powerful. Now turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It says the word was made flesh, and we just read the word was what? Seed. The word was what? Seed. But then he said the word was made what? Flesh, but the word was what? Seed. First Peter 1.23. We're going to go through a lot of scripture today, so get ready. It says, being born again, not of what? Corruptible what? Seed, but of what? Incorruptible by the what? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is alive, folks. And it abides for how long? It abides for how long? Forever. See, you were born again by the what? The incorruptible word of God, which is seed. Let me say it again. You were born again by the incorruptible word of God, which is what? Seed. Now I'm talking about your spirit, man. See, the born again part of you, that's what I'm talking about. See, you are a spirit. And we know you have a soul and you live in a what? Physical body. That being, that spirit being, listen, your spirit being has the exact DNA of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let me say it again. Your spirit being has the exact DNA as Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm talking about the exact spiritual DNA. And see, there's no big Jesus and little bitty you. No. We are joint heirs born of the Spirit, born of the Word of God. Amen. Say, I'm born of the Word of God. Come on, say, I'm born of the Word of God. Listen, every word in this Bible, and we just read John 1, 1, where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God, and the Word was God. Every word of this Bible has been personally spoken by the Almighty God in a sworn oath. Amen. Let me make that statement again. Every word in this Bible has been personally spoken by the Almighty God and sworn oath. I'm talking about every word. Well, the question is, what is a sworn oath? A sworn oath is to affirm or utter a solemn or sacred declaration. 
It's a serious declaration. It's a promise that I will, I will, I will uphold what I say even if it's to my hurt. Let me say that again. A sworn earth, a sworn oath, <laughs> is to affirm or utter a solemn or sacred declaration. Turn me up up there. It's a serious declaration. It's a promise that I will uphold what I say even if it's to my hurt. With that in mind, go back to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, where God swore an oath to Abraham. He swore what? An oath to Abraham. Now we know this is right after Abraham went out and rescued Lot and the king of Sodom. Amen. And we know when he came back, he was, sent, he was, he was met by Melchizedek, the high priest. And the Bible says he paid him tithes of all. Then the king of Sodom offered to give him the spoil of the conquest. Amen. But in Genesis 14, 22, go there first. In Genesis 14, 22, And Abram said to king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. He said, what I want? That I will not take from my what? A thread, even a shoe ladder. I'm not taking nothing from you. That I will take not anything that is thine, unless thou should say, I had made Abraham rich. Come on, save. That should be all of our declaration. Are you with me out there? But then in Genesis 15, 1, it says, after these things. After what things? After the conquest. After he tithed. After he told king of Sodom, he said, listen, I'm not taking nothing from you. God is my source. God is my source. I'm not going to allow you to say that you made me rich. Come on, say amen, somebody. But then he said, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? See, Abram was concerned about, who am I going to leave all my inheritance with? Seeing I don't have a child of my own. Amen. Who am I going to pass down the blessing to? Then in verse 3, and Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given him no what? Seed. Given no what? Seed. Seed. And lo, born in my house is my heir. So what does God do? He begins to give Abram an oath. Or we can say word seed. Somebody say word seed. Word. See, he, he was receiving seed but it just wasn't the seed he was believing for. See, while he was looking for the natural seed of a child, God was giving him the spiritual seed of the word. Let me say it again. While he was looking for the natural seed of a child, God was giving him the what? The spiritual seed of the word that will produce anything in the natural when planted in the right soil and believed upon. Okay, let me say that again. While he was looking for the natural seed of a child, God was giving him the spiritual seed of the word that will produce anything in the natural when planted in the right soil and believed upon. Did you get it that time? And it says in verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this shall not be thine heir. For he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thy what? 
air. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars. If thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy what? So shall thy what? Now notice he said plural. He didn't say seed as in plural. He said seed as in what? Singular. He didn't say seeds. He said seed. Come on, say amen, somebody. And then in verse 6 it said, and he what? And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for what? Righteousness. There go the power of belief again. He was made righteous because what? He believed in the Lord. And see, the word of God was planted in the soil of Abraham's heart. And he what? He believed. And now that word is going to work. Tell your neighbor that word is going to work. What's it going to work? It's going to work to bring the past the oath God just made. See, God had to do something to make sure Abram didn't disrupt the seed that was planted in his heart. So what did he do? God made a sworn oath. And he did it in a, in a way he knew Abraham would understand. He did it in a way to make sure Abraham understood how serious this oath was to him. Come on, are you with me out here? Look at verse 7. And he said unto Abraham, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees. To give thee this what? To give thee this land to what? Inherit it. And he said, Lord, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? God said, let me give you something I know you understand. Let me say it again. God said, let me give you something that I know you understand. And what do you understand? He's, he will understand a blood covenant, which is what? Which is a sworn oath in blood. See, Abraham understood covenant. He understood if either party violated the covenant, sealed in blood, death would be the result. So he knew how serious blood covenant is. But look at verse 9. And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took him all, and took unto him all these, and he divided them in the midst. In other words, he cut them in half, and laid each piece one against the other. I mean, talking about blood just flowing in between these pieces. Come on. And the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, what happened? A deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. See, when this great darkness fell upon Abram, God begins to make a sworn oath in that blood. Verse 13, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be what? a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge and afterward they shall come out with great substance. Somebody say, that's me. After all this mess I'm going through, I'm coming out with great Somebody better grab that. Come on, after all the devil been trying to beat me now, I'm coming out with great substance. Verse 17, drop down there. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a what? Smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between what? Those, those pieces. What, what's happening? 
God was walking in blood in front of Abraham. God Almighty. While he is walking in blood in front of Abraham, he was swearing to him. See, we don't get it all when we read this. We just get synopsis of it. He said, so shall thy seed be. See, Abraham saw the footprints of God in that blood. He saw his foot, he saw his footprints, folks. And listen here. From Genesis to Malachi, God spoke every word of it. Let me say it again. From Genesis to Malachi, God spoke every word of it. Then those words, those same covenant words in the mouth of Gabriel, go to Luke 126, the angel, where it says, Luke 126, it says, in the sixth month, same covenant words, was now in the mouth of Gabriel. And then it said, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a what? Luke 1.26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was what? Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly what? Favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast what? what? Thou hast found favor with God. Now follow me now, till you never follow him. Verse 31, And, and behold, there came, there, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name what? Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give thee what? Unto the throne of, the of, throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for how long? Forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And of his kingdom there shall be what? Now look at verse 38. And Mary said, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me, According to thy word. According to thy what? Word. And the angel departed from her. I said, he, she said what? Be it unto me according to thy what? Word. Then later on in Luke 10, 19, it said, but Mary kept all these things. And that's what? And she pondered them in her heart. Are you with me out here? See, those words went into her womb. And those words spoken by the Spirit of the living God. These words are seeds. Say it again. These words are seeds. Everything God is, everything God has, everything God will ever be is in those seeds. Once again, we read John 1.1. 1, 1. And in the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. And the word was, the word was, the word was. If the word was God, that means the word 
is just as much the manifestation of God in the earth as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Are you in understanding what I'm saying? The Word is just as much the manifestation of God in the earth as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's how powerful the word is if we understand what we really got in our hands. It's just as much a manifestation of God himself. Come on, say amen, somebody. Gabriel explained it to Mary in Luke 134. Go back there. Gabriel explained it to Mary, Luke 134, where it says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this what be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall what? Shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall what? Overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Amen. So what happened? The Spirit of God hovered over her. And those words, somebody say those words. And those words became seed that was planted in the womb of Mary, and there was born a holy thing. Did you get what I just said? Let me say it again. The Spirit of God hovered over her, and those words became what? Seed that was planted in the womb of Mary, and there was what? Born a holy thing. I'm talking about the exact image of Adam. Why? Because why? Because he was the exact image of God. And that's what the word tells us in Hebrew 1.1. 1, 1. Turn there. He was the exact image of Adam. Exact. Somebody say exact. Because why? Because he's the exact image of God. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. Notice what it says here. God who has sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the Father by what? By the prophets. Come on. Has in these last days spoken unto us by his what? Son, whom he appointed heirs. Come on. Appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the what? The world. Who in the brightness of his glory, then it says what? The express image of his person. Whose person? God. And upholding all things by the word of his what? Power. When he had by himself did what? Purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the exact image of the Father. Somebody say exact image. And see, those words gave birth to Jesus' flesh. There was creative power in those words. Because what? That was word seed. Then we read in John 1, 14, it says, The Word was made, what? Flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. The creative power of the Word created the natural body of baby Jesus. Word seed. That's how powerful the Word is. There's creative power in the Word. Say it again. There's creative power in the word. Once again, the word is just as much a manifestation of God in the earth 
as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That word was made flesh. That word was made what? Flesh. And the word that was made flesh began to meditate on the word that he was born of. Let me say it again. The word that was made flesh began to what? Meditate on the word that he was made of. Matter of fact, go to Luke 2, 2 chapter 2, verse 40. The Bible says of Jesus as he is growing up. The Bible talks about Jesus as he's what? Growing up. Luke 2, 40 says, give me time to get there. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Miss Callan just gave up. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> he said, I'm just going to look at the screen. I'm just going to look at the screen. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, verse 40. That's saying the child did what? Grew. And wax what? Strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom. And the what? And the what? Grace of God was upon him. The grace of God is what? Well, how did he tap into the grace? Look at Romans 4.16. It says he waxed strong in spirit. And he is filled with what? Wisdom. And the grace of God was what? Upon him, but it said he waxed strong in spirit. He is filled with what? Wisdom and the grace of God is upon him. And we know here Romans 4 16 it says, Therefore it is of what? Of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to all to, to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. See, you need you need faith to access the grace. You need what? Faith to access the grace. And we know Romans 10, 17 says, so then by faith come by what? Hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, how did Jesus access the grace of God? By meditating on the word. He waxed strong in spirit and was filled with the what? Wisdom of of God or wisdom of the Lord even as a child. Even as a what? Child. How do we know this? Go back to Luke 2.42. How do you access the grace of God? By meditating on the what? On the word. And the Bible says he what? He waxed strong in what? Spirit. And was filled with what? With the wisdom of the Lord. Come on. He was filled with what? Wisdom. Wisdom. And said the grace of God was what? Upon him. He is filled with wisdom even as a child. Matter of fact, are you there? Look at verse 42. And when he was what? When he was what? All teenagers say 12 years old. 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind where? And Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Now we know he scared the heck out of his mother and father, because you'd be scared too if you knew you had the Son of God, you were in charge of the Son of God, and you lost him. 
<laughs> what would you be doing about right now? <laughs> I guarantee you wouldn't be having a problem calling on the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, where he at? Where he at? Where he at? Holy, Holy Ghost, reveal to him. <laughs> Amen. But notice where they found him. Verse 46. And it came to pass that of the three days they found him where? They found him where? They found him in church, teenagers. Break that one up over there back there. They found him in church, teenagers. <laughs> Amen. They found him in temple sitting, listen, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them. In other words, they weren't playing games on their phone. He wasn't looking at his iPhone, come on in. <laughs> or his iPad. Whatever, whatever rock he was writing on, come on, say amen. <laughs> amen. But he was doing what? He was both hearing them and asking them questions. He was hearing them and asking them questions about what? The Word. Somebody say the Word. What was he doing? He was filling himself up with Word seed. Say it again. He was filling himself up with what? Word seed. And then verse 47, and all that heard him were what? Astonished at his what? Understanding and answers. And when he was asked by his mother, why did you do this to us? Come on. <laughs> Amen. His reply in verse 49 was, and he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Really, he said, don't you know me by now? <laughs> Glory to God. He says, wish you not that I must be about my father's business? See, there was a greater plan for the word that was made flesh. There was a greater plan for the word seed, and he knew it from the word. From what? The word. See, they didn't understand a word he was saying. But he knew from what he studied in the word that there was a greater plan. He was, there was what? There was a greater plan. Look at verse 52. And Jesus did what? He increased in what? Wisdom and statue and in favor with what? God and man. Because why? Because the creative power of the word was in him, folks. Leading him towards the Father's business. The same very powerful word, listen, the same very powerful word his flesh was created by. But what were you born of again? What were you born of again? Y'all forgot already? You were born in an incorruptible word of God. See, you are the exact same, you have the exact same DNA as Jesus. And when it comes to your life, what should you be doing? Say it again. When it comes to your life, what should you be doing? You should be studying the word you were made of to find out the Father's business concerning your life and ministry. Why? There's a greater plan for your life. 
say it again. There's a greater plan for your life, but you're only going to find it in the Word. Let me say it again. There's a greater plan for your life, but you're only going to find it where? In the Word. And see, that Word was spoken of Jesus over 700 years before he was born. You hear what I'm saying? Matter of fact, go to Isaiah 49.1. The word was spoken. That word seed was spoken or planted over 700 years before he was born about his life and about his ministry. And here in Isaiah 49.1, look at this word that was spoken over 700 years before his birth. Over 700 years. He said, listen, O isles, unto me. Hearken, ye people, from afar, from far. The Lord has called me from the womb. Come on, we read in Luke where he was called by the creative power of the word in the womb of Mary. He said, the, word has called, the, the, the Lord has called me from what? From the womb. From the bowels of my mother has he what? Made mention of my name. He's talking about the Messiah here, folks. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. And we found that in Revelations. In the shadow of his hand has he hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver has he what? Hidden me. He was hidden in the quiver of God to be brought forth to be for use in an appointed time and an appointed place. Amen. Then he goes on to say, and he said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel. See, he's not only called the servant of God to fulfill the words spoken over him, but he's called here Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. This is 700 years before his birth, folks. He said, then I said, I have what? Labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught, and in what vain? In other words, his work seemed to be vain because why? He was hated by men and despised by his own people. He said, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. He said, yet, but I know the results are in God and they're in his hands. Listen, he had perfect confidence in God of the final outcome of the work he's doing. He never became discouraged and he never became despondent committing himself to God. He didn't attempt to avenge the wrongs done to him like most people would have done. What did he do? He left his name, reputation, plan, and the work. He left it all with God. Somebody say with God. Then he speaks again about the creative power of the word. He said in verse 5, And now said the Lord that what? The Lord that what? Formed me in the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob again to him Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I what? Be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. He said, I must be about my what? Father's business. What was the Father's business? To fulfill the word that was spoken of him. Come on, are you with me out here? See, Isaiah penned this word of the Lord. He penned this word over 700 years before the birth of Jesus. This is word seed. 
This is word seed that was planted 700 years before his birth. And what did Jesus do? Jesus found himself in the word. He did what? He found himself in the word. But look at Isaiah 50 verse 4, where he's still speaking of the Messiah. Isaiah 50 verse 4. And the Lord has what? Given me the what? Tongue of the learned, that I should what? Know how to speak a word and season to him that is weary. Somebody say amen. It said, he wakened me morning by morning. He wakened my ear to hear as to learn. What was this? This was the personal training of the Messiah from childhood. Are you hearing what I just said? This was the personal training of the Messiah from childhood by God through the Holy Spirit. That's what we read. He waxed strong in spirit. And was filled with wisdom. Ain't that what we read? This was a personal training of the Messiah from childhood by God through who? Through the Holy Spirit. Listen, as you get into the Word, what you got to realize as you get into the Word, you're getting personal training from God Himself through the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 5. And the Lord has opened my ears. There's another way of saying, the Lord has given me revelation of his will and of his business. The Lord has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. He was not rebellious, and he didn't, and he didn't turn away from God. He was not rebellious, and he didn't turn away from God. He was not rebellious, and he didn't turn away from God. Listen. He was willing to do the will of God regardless of the suffering. Say amen, somebody. By the way, look at Psalms 46. Q and Mark and Isaiah chapter 50. Verse 5 there. We're coming back there. For those of you that are still, that didn't give up <laughs> with the pages of their Bible. <laughs> Psalm 46. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, we're going someplace here. Come on, are you following me? Isaiah 46 says, sacrifice an offering. No, Psalms 46. Then we, I said we're going back to Isaiah 50, verse 6. But turn to Psalms 40, verse 6. For, chapter 40, verse 6. Or number 40, stanza 6. I said 46. 40, I'm saying 46. There's supposed to be a pause in there you're supposed to get. <laughs> See, y'all ain't got Maricel in the audience to help y'all out. She up there in the booth. <laughs> Psalms 40, stanza 6. <laughs> it says, Sacrifice an offering thou didst not desire. And they should have got it anyway. They got it all. They got the scriptures already. <laughs> Sacrifice an offering thou didst not desire. My ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou what? Not required. Then said I, lo, I've come. And the value, listen to this. Listen to this now. And the value of the book 
It was written of me. Oh, y'all didn't hear it. Come on. He said, I delight to do thy will, oh my God. Yeah, the law is within my heart. Listen, we're seeing how powerful and accurate this word, amen, is, it really is in our hearts. Go back to Isaiah 56. He said, I've come in the volume of the book. It was written of me. Oh, Isaiah 50, verse 6. Go back to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. <laughs> you got it this time. He said, this is still 700 years before time here. Word seed. He said, I gave my back to the smiters when they whipped him with the cat of nine tails. Notice he says, I gave my, they didn't take it, I gave my back to the smiters. Willingly, willingly. When they whipped me with them, that cat of nine tails and took out chunks of flesh from my back and from my body as that, that thing went across my back and ripped things out. He said, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair, I gave it to them. When they literally pulled the hair from his face, causing more extreme pain. He said, I hid not my face from shame and spitting 700 years plus before. Look at verse 7. And the Lord, for the Lord God will help me. Why? He understood when it's all said and done, I know the Lord will help me. He had faith in God. He had faith that God would see him through whatever he was going through. What should you have right now? He said, therefore shall I not be confounded. I'm not ashamed of what I'm going through. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. Nothing's going to move me. Nothing's going to take me off the plan. Nothing's going to move me from the Father's business. I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. Listen, this was the word seed. He was studying about himself. He had a revelation, listen, he had a revelation of what's going to happen, yet he still delighted to do the will of God. He went to the cross and then went to hell so that you and I wouldn't have to. Then Isaiah paints a picture of what Jesus went through in Isaiah 52, 14. This is 700 years before Isaiah 52, 14, are you with me? Are you there yet? Isaiah 52, 14 says, 52, chapter 52, verse 14. <laughs> Thank you, I get an A, Miss Calendar. Thank you. <laughs> he says, as many were astonished at thee. 
His visage was so marred, more than any man, and his form more than the sons of man. The contemporary English version reads it this way. Many were horrified at what happened to him. But everyone who saw him was even more horrified because he suffered until he no longer looked human. See what he just said? Until he no longer looked human. When did that begin? That began on the cross, folks. What happened? It began to alter him while he was on the cross. And see, that's what got that centurion's attention in Luke 23 to 44. Turn there. It began to alter him on the cross while he's on the cross. His whole body began to be altered. Luke 23, 44. Are you with me? Luke 23, 44 said it was about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened. And the veil of the temple was what? Rent in the mist. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I what? I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now when the what? Sincerian saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man, because ain't nobody deserving of this. What did he see? He seen the effects of sin. Every sin of mankind was placed on Jesus. Listen, he didn't say anything about the other two that was crucified beside him. But he seen something he had never seen before, and all the times he attended crucifixion, because why? They were common back in those days. What did he do? He seen the ravages of sin. Second Corinthians five twenty one says, "He was made. He he has made him sin, made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin." Come on, he was made. He has made him sin, made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. When all the sins of mankind hit that body, it started to disfigure him right before the centurion's eyes. And that's enough to get anybody's attention, folks. Especially when it says he didn't even look human anymore. Why? Because sin deforms and disfigures. Look at some of your classmates. <laughs> that are still partying today. They haven't heard to ask you what you've been drinking or what you've been eating. Because <laughs> you look the same and they look like they 80 years old. Because why? Sin disfigures and it deforms folks. And when he said it was finished, what happened? His spirit went right into hell with all the sickness, 
all diseases. He was made to be a curse. Say amen, somebody. And every demon in hell attempted to annihilate him. In that horrible place, he suffered having been separated from God for the first time throughout eternity. See, Adam was separated from God because of his own transgression. Jesus had to be separated from God by faith. Say amen, somebody. See, we have to be joined to God by faith. He had to be separated from God by faith. Why? Because that's the only way it could happen. Are you with me out here? Faith in the word that was spoken and spoken about him 700 years ago. Come on. Because he never sinned, folks. He never sinned. Once again, he, for he has what? Made him to be sent for us who knew no sin. That we might what? That we might what? Be made to what? Righteousness of God where? In him. Well, how did we get, be, how did we get to be made the righteousness of God? How did we get to be made the righteousness of God? It was in the seed. It was in the seed. The righteousness is in the what? Seed. If you're not the righteousness of God, then you have a corruptible seed. If you don't have the faith of God, then you have a corruptible seed. If the healing power of God is not in your spirit, then you got a bad seed. But we know being born again, not a corruptible seed. But of incorruptible by the what? By the word of God. Would live where? And abide it forever. Listen, I got the born again seed. Word seed on the inside of me. And in that word seed is healing. In that word seed is prosperity. Born of the seed of the word of God. As we close, let's get back to where we started. In John 12, 23. Come on. Hallelujah. Healing power of God is already in your spirit. Because you were born of the word of God. You were born of word seed. Once again, Jesus speaking of his death, burial, and resurrection says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be what? Glorified. Verily, very I say unto you, except a what? Corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Except the seed fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. It abideth what? Alone. You didn't go. I didn't go. He went all by himself. Separated even from the Father. He not only died a physical death, but he also died a spiritual death. And he wound up in the ground of hell itself, physically and spiritually dead, separated from his father. But as we close, as we close, I want you to look at the process of the seed in the natural. And it'll give us a picture of why Jesus chosen to liken himself as a seed planted. Come on, say amen, somebody. First of all, listen to this now. 
When it comes to the seed formation, it says, plants reproduce using eggs and sperm, just like people. However, they don't have physical sex. You hear what I just said. Plants reproduce using eggs and sperm just like people. However, they don't have physical sex. How was Jesus born? Because some of y'all didn't get it. <laughs> some of y'all didn't get it. Y'all mind was somewhere else. I don't know where y'all mind was. <laughs> Let me read it one more time. Maybe you'll get it this time. <laughs> Plants reproduce. I'm about a natural seed. Plants reproduce using eggs and sperm just like people. However, they don't have physical sex. Male plants release pollen, which fertilize ovaries. The fertilized ovaries develop into seeds, which can then be distributed to make new plants. What was the pollen used to fertilize Mary's ovaries? His word pollen, energized by the Holy Ghost. Then it says, in the, in the seed germination process, after the seed has made it to its new location and is covered with dirt, it can begin germination. And germination is a process of seeds developing into new plants. But then it says, when a plant is still growing underground, during root formation, it can listen us, it cannot use the sun to make food. Like most grown plants do, it must rely, listen us now, it must rely on the stored food inside the seed. Let me say it again. It must rely on the stored food inside the seed. Who would be likened to the sun? God. It says it cannot use the sun to make food. See, he could not receive help while in the dirt of hell, folks. Because he is separated from the sun, separated from God, because he was made to be sin who knew no sin. So what did Jesus rely upon while he was in the pit of hell? upon the word seed that he has stored in his heart. Oh, anybody here with me? Look at Galatians 5, 6. Hallelujah. 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 Galatians 5, 6, for in Jesus Christ it says, neither circumcision avail of anything nor uncircumcision, but what? But what? Faith which worketh by love. Nothing on the outside avail of anything. But what does avail in Jesus? It says, for in Jesus availeth faith which worketh, faith which worketh, faith which worketh by love. What sustained Jesus? While he's in the pit of hell, what did he rely upon when every demon in hell attempted to annihilate him in that horrible place? 
What's his faith? What was it? It was faith. One just faith. It was faith which was working by love. If he didn't have love for you and I, he wouldn't have never come out of that horrible place. That's why it says in John 15, 13, no greater love has no man than this. Oh, come on. Y'all with me? Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The love he had for you activated the laws of faith, which is faith which worketh by love. If he, if he had went to hell, listen to me closely, if he had went to hell with unforgiveness in his heart, he would not have had the faith to get out of there. If he had hatred and bitterness in his heart, the devil and all those demons would have won and totally annihilated the Son of God. Oh, y'all with me out here. Why? Because no love... No faith. Unforgiveness, no faith. You put love first and faith will follow. Come on, are you with me out there? You put love first and faith will follow. See, and it wasn't about feelings. Feelings had nothing to do with it. He couldn't rely on his feeling while he's in the pit of hell, folks. He had to rely on his faith which was working by love, activated by love. See, faith is an issue of the heart, not your feelings. Faith is a spirit man force. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is a spiritual force, it's, it, it's what? and it's extremely powerful. It has creative force. It has connecting force. It's believed in the heart. And it's released by words and by corresponding action. Say it again. It's released by words and by what? Corresponding action. Well, what were the words spoken by Jesus while he was still, while he still had the authority while he was in the earth? Go to Psalm 16, verse 8. What are the words spoken by Jesus? Well, he still had the authority because why? Once you're in hell, you have no authority. Your authority ceases when you leave this physical body, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he had to have spoken something while he is still on this earth. Come on, are you with me out there? Why? To release his faith by corresponding action. What was it? He said in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices, and my flesh also shall rest in hope. For what? Come on, this is what he's saying. This is faith words here. For thou will not. 
for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thy suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Just like Jesus, you have to put word seed in your heart. Meditate until you believe with your heart. Then release your faith with words and corresponding action. Why? Because faith without action is dead. It'll go feeble and it'll just die out. And see, if you feel like you're going through hell, what do you need to do? Just back up. What do you need to do? Walk in love and then get you some word. Walk in love then get you some word seed to sustain you. Let me say it again. Walk in love, then get you some word seed to sustain you. Faith with work it by. Faith with work it by. No love, no. No love, no. No love, no. So I got to do what? I got to walk in love. Then give me some word seed that will sustain me. Once again, no love, no faith, no word, no faith, no faith, no grace. This is how it works, folks. And so you have to settle this in your heart. Jesus settled this in the heart. And guess what? You got to do the same thing. If he hadn't settled this in his heart, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here today. But he said in his heart, I have to walk in love because I got too much to lose. I have generation upon generation to lose. He had you and I in mind. Sometimes you need to walk in love not even just thinking about yourself. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because there's too much at stake. Too many people at stake. Too many plans at stake. Too many visions at stake. Because faith only works by love. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, begin to give God praise. Come on, begin to give God glory. See, we got the seed in the ground. But Sunday we'll find out what happens to that seed during the germination process. <laughs> Come on, begin to give God praise. But I hope you got something out of that. Glory to your name. Word seed. Word seed. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. 